going on, guys? Kieran Needley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast, and this is episode nine. Guys, I'm super excited. We're nearly entering the double digits. It's nearly episode 10. Yeah, uh, this is pretty cool. Anyway, uh, if you don't understand me, if you're new to the podcast, I'm really sorry. I'm a fella from New Zealand, so I've got this really weird accent. It's um, not Australian, uh, just for you Americans out there, okay? I'll tell you the difference really quickly before I get into this podcast. It's a brilliant podcast. I'm excited for this, by the way, because um, it's, it's the process of healing your own pain, and it's a very practical process, 12-step process based off the ancient 12-step process that heals addiction, uh, where Russell Brand in his book Recovery actually took away these 12 steps and made his own version of these 12 steps uh, through his book Recovery, which is incredible. I highly, highly recommend uh, going and getting that book. I've only read um, reviews and listened to the podcast based on it. I still need to read it myself, but it's absolutely beautiful based off what I've actually been able to consume through that. But anyway, uh, putting that aside for a second, the difference between an Australian accent and a New Zealand accent, okay, is, okay, in New Zealand, we'll say, hey, bro, you want to go down the road to get some fish and chips? And then in Australia, they'll be like, ah, g'day, mate. You want to go down the road to get some fish and chips? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's about right. It was, uh, no, there'll be like fish. Oh, no, no, that's New Zealand. It'll be like, yeah, that's, that's about right anyway. But yeah, you see, you see the subtle difference there, okay? You cannot mistake a New Zealand accent for an Australian accent, okay? It's just truth. Um, anyway, putting that aside... Uh, I seem to say that phrase a few times for some reason. I don't know why I use that phrase a lot now. Um, Anyway, the 12-step process. So now taking away from that Russell Brand 12-step process that I talked about, um, I've actually made a version because it's really interesting. He talks about addiction, okay? And this is a 12-step process in healing addiction. The original one was based around uh, religion. So the original one was basically... Um, it was based around how you release your own addiction through being honest with God and then also by uh, portraying these struggles with God, but then also con- um, co- basically con- contributing yourself to God and, and dedicating yourself to God. But there are many people who don't who aren't Christian. There are many people who aren't religious for that fact. So Russell Brand wanted to give a version for people that didn't want that um, that part of religion to be to be a part of them um, essentially. So he wanted to create that that um, a, a way for people that didn't want to become religious or be religious or weren't religious and um, to be able to heal that addiction. And now I'm taking this, I mean, it sounds so grand and everything, but really it's not. Um, but um, all I've done is literally just ripped off Russell Brand, okay? So I really haven't done much here. And I've applied my own principles to it uh, for healing pain because it's really interesting. Our biggest addiction, quotation, a quote from um, Tony Robbins, our biggest addiction as humans is our problems. It's not, our, it's not food, it's not alcohol, it's not smoking, it's not drugs. It's not relationships, it's problems, even though relationships can relate to problems, yeah. But it's genuinely problems because problems give us the opportunity to be heard. The, our problems give us excuses for feeling a certain way, for acting a certain way, for thinking a certain way. That's what our problems do for us. They offer us that security. They offer us that tie in order to actually give us those excuses, to give us those reasons for being a certain way and it's just an easy way out that's what our problems do for us they do many things and they really do meet all our needs all our six human needs are uh, being significance loving connection certainty uncertainty growth and contribution those are our six 
human needs that we genuinely need to survive. The first four um, being certainty, uncertainty, significance, and love and connection. They're the ones that we need to survive, the ones that we need in order to flourish, the ones that we need in order to, um, to feel like we're something is growth and contribution. Without those, we can't be happy. Uh, and Tony Robbins, again, back to the back to the old legend, he's the OG, okay? He's the OG in the old psychology, um, but he is a true legend. If you haven't listened to um, any of his podcasts or any at all, I highly recommend easily uh, the best stuff I've listened to uh, through another person's voice. I gotta say, it's incredible. But um, he talks about, yeah, the addiction to problems, talks about the six human needs, and he also talks about how our um how progress equals happiness he literally says those three words progress equals happiness and it couldn't be more true it's such a truthful observation and truthful statement because if you're not progressing in anything if you're not growing you're dying basically so if you're not growing or you're not progressing you're going backwards there's no in between when it comes to growth there's always either moving forward not stationary or you're moving backwards so you're never you're never stationary with growth so if you um put it this way if you're not continually trying to i'm going to use fitness as an example because i'm a fitness influencer if you're not continually trying to grow your biceps okay or girls glutes i'm going to use glutes for an example because i've used biceps before i really need a burp right now hold on no i'm good um so you're going to use your bi- um you're going to use i'm going to use glutes for an example if you're not continually trying to develop your glutes you're not continually going in at one, like you know once or twice a week to work on hip thrusts squats deadlifts you know all those sort of things lunges whatever whatever you're trying to whatever feels you work feel you works for you in order to develop those glutes over time if you're not continually giving that stimulus to that muscle it's going to this genuine, the, the, the actual cell structure is shrinking. Okay, so the, the cell itself doesn't disappear, it just shrinks. So that's that's, that's gonna get into my, uh, more uh, more kinesiology and more you know science-based uh, physiology. I don't wanna move into that stuff, but um, the genuine cell shrinks, so it actually um, it, it gets smaller. It's gonna be the same with your mind. If you're not continually applying stimulus to your mind, if you're not trying to grow the mind, it's called the growing mind, not continually trying to develop the mind in some way, whether it's through a healing process like meditation, or you're trying to get past the mind through getting up early every morning, having a cold shower in the morning, um, trying to work on a skill every single day, dedicating 10 minutes of your day every day to work on a skill, reading every day, whatever it is, you're trying to push yourself, um, you, you're working out every day, whatever it is, okay? That's a way to develop the mind. It's applying stimulus to the mind because you're pushing past the mind of what it naturally wants to do. The mind naturally wants to seek comfort. All right, the mind naturally wants to uh, stay away from these painful thoughts, these scary thoughts, these scary feelings. So it pushes them away. It gets rid of them, and that's going to lead on to our very first step, which um, which I'll say in a second. But the mind's continually trying to seek comfort because comfort equals safety. Comfort equals security. Comfort equals. Uh, Pain-free, basically. That's that's what comfort equals. Comfort is pain-free. Okay, so that's what comfort is, and that's what the pain's trying. That's what the mind's trying to seek, because the mind always wants to survive. It doesn't give an absolute. I said this in my story the other day. It doesn't give a rat's ass if you're happy. It doesn't give a rat's ass if you feel free. It doesn't give a rat's ass about any of that crap. All it cares about is that you're alive. That's what the mind's there for. Okay, it's, it's a two million year old brain, and it's looking for freaking tigers in the jungle that are going to hunt you down and eat your fingers. Okay, so that's what the mind's trying to do. Well, it's not you, you'll probably get more than your fingers eaten, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's not think on that. That's a bit creepy. Um, so the mind's trying to find out what those tigers are. So the tigers in your life now are your relationships, your boss, your family members, 
uh, your friends, those are, those are the tigers in your life, your, your financial issues, okay? So that's what your mind's constantly trying to find, which is why we're always concentrating on our problems because where, where focus goes, energy flows. It's, again, a very true statement. There's nothing, like, there's nothing more true than that. Is literally whatever you focus on, you're going to manifest. If you're, if you're focusing on your problems, you're going to freaking manifest those freaking problems, okay? So stop focusing on your bloody problems. But anyway, um, you're also not meant to restrict those feelings and thoughts around those problems, which I'm, I'm going to talk about again as well in a second. But um, basically, because the mind's trying to survive, it's not going to try and make you happy. So again, always seeking this comfort because comfort's always security, you know, short-term gratification. Okay, so that's that's where we're going to get that security and, and safety. The problem with this is that our subconscious runs our comfort. So if, we, if we're sitting in our thoughts where we're producing 70,000 thoughts a day with, I think the number, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure it's 98% of our thoughts are the same as yesterday's, okay? So of today's thoughts are yesterday's. So if you think about it, you know, you've got um, over 70,000 thoughts happening in a day and then you've got only 2% of these which are unique um, to today compared to yesterday, which is absolutely insane. It's probably even less than that. I actually can't remember the exact number. But um, you can Google that if you want. But the the reason why I'm staying, stating this is because if we're letting our subconscious run the show, if we're letting comfort run the show, then we're constantly going to run into the exact same issues that we've always run into, the exact same relationship problems. And we're going to end up with the same person in our life. We're going to end up with the same sort of friends, with the same sort of bad influences, with the same sort of uh, dead, dead end job, with the same sort of um, business failure, with the same sort of family issues, whatever it is that you're struggling with, financial issues, anything. It's going to be because of your subconscious. You're letting it run the show. You're seeking constant um, instant gratification. You're seeking comfort constantly. Don't let that happen. This is where, again, you get past your mind and, um, and you need to be honest with yourself and then you need, need to actually go through a healing process that helps you reprogram your subconscious. Um, I can't remember the exact phrase of it. I'm trying to... It's, it's um, neuroplasticity. Okay, that's the phrase. Neuroplasticity essentially means you're rewiring the brain, rewiring the subconscious in order to work a certain way, which is what this healing process is for. Um, so this is, again, my take, my unique take on it. Uh, sort of just reiterating sort of what Russell Brand said about um, through his book Recovery, but again, just taking a slightly different stance on it and just directly focusing on pain itself rather than addiction. But like I said, it's sort of a similar take because addiction, you can li you, literally, if you if you go through any recovery step-by-step uh, -step process that's that, um, for addiction itself, if you apply the mentality of, okay, I'm addicted to my problems, which we all are, okay, as human beings, it's just what we are because again, it's going to fulfill our needs. Um, and it also helps you know protect us. So if we're constantly focusing on our problems and, and we realize we're addicted to our problems, this thing of addiction, it's teaching us how to release this addiction to problems and it's teaching us how to release our cravings. If you guys know, um, know a, a legend, okay, I'm pretty sure his name's Diego something, I can't remember his last name, but on Instagram, his Instagram handle, or his, um, is the phrase Elias or whatever, but um, it basically is, um, uh, young Pueblo, which means young people, okay, um, fellow from Ecuador, and he's um, incredibly, incredibly meditative, incredibly grounded, and just a, an amazing thinking mind, an amazing poet, a philosopher per se, and he um, he always talks about um, sort of healing, the, uh, healing, that's healing your cravings, because cravings lead to attachments. When we're attached to something and we lose that attachment, we break. So if we're in a relationship and we're attached to the relationship and we don't have any self-fulfillment, that can that can essentially break you and lead to an absolutely, excuse the French, but shit, 
uh, life afterwards because uh, we've just literally attached our entire being to that. Or if we're craving certain things, like we, you know, you could be craving food, but you might not just be craving. You'll be craving comfort. You're craving certain things in your life, and if you if you don't get these, we suffer. So the idea between cravings and goals is we can have goals, but if we don't get them, we don't suffer. We just change our trajectory or trajectory. Tra- I didn't say that right. I can't, I can't. I can't talk right now. But we change change the direction of our life. Or we do something else that will get us to that goal. We don't suffer. We just we just work on ourselves. So that's what the difference between goals and cravings are, and that's what the Buddha talks about two and a half thousand years ago. And this is where the ultimately meditation came from, right? Is is this whole this whole practice of um, of healing these cravings and becoming more centered in ourselves, which is why it's such a beautiful thing. Now, moving on to the twelve step process current version okay so it's going to be kez's version okay this is uh i should write a book no i'm kidding i'm, I'm really not i'm really not uh, like i'm not that that level <laughs> that'd be pretty cool eh? the the legend of uh the legend of keza nah, nah that could be a uh, someone could do a biography on me one day no nah. <laughs> i don't know where my mind's going guys uh, i'm just gonna move on to the 12 step process excuse me um so the 12 step process again remember this is an adaption okay it's specifically on your pain so if you've got pain in your life which we all do we would all struggle with in some way okay pains can be healed they're not inevitable they're not forever okay so nothing lasts forever which is a good thing and a bad thing right but always realizing that and being okay with that is very important understanding that pain can be healed and understanding that the, your mental per se illness, which I hate that that phrase, mental illness, because it's not really, it's not true. Especially in the last two to three years, how they've um, uncovered all these, um, all these, all this talk on epigenetics. If you go listen to my last podcast episode eight with Nicola Pera, the holistic psychologist, she dives into the true science behind behind SSRIs, behind medication that is meant to cure in quotation marks this is, you can't see me because i'm doing little quotation marks on my fingers like a, like a dummy in the middle of my lounge um that i'm in not just me no one else is around but um uh, the idea is that this is only going to fix the symptom it's not going to fix the problem and with the problems always there um you actually see a lot of science behind the fact that we become very adapted to the serotonin, um, serotonin inhibitors or the serotonin not inhibitors. Um, I'm trying to. Um, basically, the the idea behind the medication. I'm I'm completely mind blank with this stuff right now. But the idea with behind the medication, it's going to affect your serotonin in a way that we're going to get at production to make us feel good. Serotonin being a feel good hormone, um, and scientists used to believe, and they still believe like. Well, doctors still still believe this, okay? Because it's you know it's it's literally prescribed and what they've what they what they're meant to do. It's just what they're meant to do. You know they've got to follow certain rules. So um, doc, doctors are told um, by you know the old science of um, depression and anxiety as a is a lack or a deficiency in serotonin. So therefore, we're given supplements in order to to produce serotonin. Okay, what happens is we get it, we become adapted to it, and over time it stops working or it doesn't work at all. Okay, so that's the problem. So the root cause is always there, but the but the um but the symptom they're trying to cure the symptom, but obviously just curing symptoms ne- never lasts. It's like when you're trying to fix an injury, if you're always constantly constantly trying to heal the pain, not heal the cause of the pain, it's never going to heal. I'm going to use a real brief example. You've got a knee problem, but the problem's originating in the ankle. If you never fix your um your unstable ankle. Whenever you go for a run, you're gonna freaking mess up that knee, okay? Don't be a dummy. Heal your bloody ankle, okay? And then your knee will be fine. 
Yeah, look at that. Brilliant. It's the same with the mind, okay? If, um, if you're constantly trying to take medication or you're tr- constantly trying to take, take St. John's wort, don't worry, St. John's wort's great. Um, it's more, it is more natural. It does have the same effects as, um, as your normal SSRI meds, but at a lesser degree, um, or things like ashwagandha, which is great for lowering cortisol, so it indirectly affects it. But anyway, um, that sort of stuff um, is great. But at the same time, like for making you, putting you in a state to actually go about healing. So the, I actually, I like to say that that stuff's good for putting you in a position when you no longer feel suicidal, when you no longer feel like doing nothing. You actually feel like you can live for a period of time. Uh, you need to use that time. That time is limited because eventually that's going to stop working because the, that root problem is always going to be there because that mind's always going to negatively affect you. Um, and you're never going to fully heal unless you actually go about healing yourself. You can't just take a magic pill and you know make it all go away. Um, that's why it's even more proof that it's really not an illness and it's not something you have to live with. Um, you do have to go about and do, do the work. It will take a lifetime of work, you know, to truly um, to heal 100%. So, you know, maybe healing 100% might, might not be um, a com- like a completely realistic thing to, to, um, to, um, truly, to truly understand. So it's understanding that, you know, we're still going to struggle, but that's life. You need to struggle, you know, we, we need to know that um, that struggle is our aid, struggle is beautiful, failures are beautiful, all the stuff is so beautiful because it's going to give us a chance to heal, um, which means progress and we're going to have progress in our life. Also again, remember what I said about stimulus, if you're not stimulating your mind, if you're not growing your mind, you're going backwards. So if we reach a state of healed, we're going to go backwards, get it? Okay, so if we're actually healed completely, we're not going to try, we're not growing we're in a we're in a place where now we're now we're no longer growing. We're going backwards. We're dying. So that's why we need these struggles. We need to be able to keep growing. Otherwise, we can't be human. You know, humans are meant to grow. Humans are meant to develop. We're meant to self-develop, self-produce this um this incredible these incredible energies of like you know happiness and peace and love. You know, that's what life's about. It's about love. It's about growing. It's about contributing. So if we're not doing that. Uh, we're no longer human really we're no longer enjoying life and we're no longer happy so again progress equals happiness so back to like wrapping that all up into like a nice little cocoon for you okay we need our we need this we need our pain right but don't attach yourself to the pain the same but we need our pain to grow okay we need our pain to be happy if we don't have pain we're not happy okay so that's if we understand that part okay which is actually part of the 12-step process uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very powerful and a very it's gonna put you in a very special place in order to actually understand that okay cool like you know I'm actually okay with feeling you know down every now and again it's not that's not an illness that's life Ill, like the illnesses that um, that we attach ourselves to puts us in a place where we can't heal at all um, but the fact that it's just an issue something that we can work around and work on okay not work around but we work on and we work with means that we can progress, we can grow, we can be, you know, we can become stronger versions of ourselves. And also the other thing as well is to look at, it, um, look at you know, your symptoms of depression, symptoms of, of anxiety, okay? I want you to think of them as symptoms or issues, not as illnesses, okay? Please, please, please never call it an illness to yourself or you're attaching yourself to it and you're no, you're no longer, you can't, you're not really in a position to free yourself from it because now you've attached yourself because an illness is an attachment, okay? So you don't want to do that. Um, and it means that you can't free yourself from it and you can't heal. So it's not an illness, it's a symptom. So if you're, if you understand it as a symptom, then you understand that you can heal. So this is going to move on to step one is be honest, um, with yourself. Okay. So we, again, we all experience pain. If you're constantly trying to run away from this idea, if you're constantly telling yourself to not 
um, to not feel a certain way, to not think a certain way. And I talk about this a lot, especially recently, is um, you need to ask yourself, is there pain? Okay, you, um, a really great way to imagine this is if you imagine sitting in a therapist's room and you imagine them saying specifically to you, are you in pain or, um, or do you feel pain? Okay, and you need to remember the word you, not I. Okay, use the word you because when you're doing that psychologically, we respond in a different way to when we use the word I. So imagine someone talking to you and asking you, do you feel pain or is the um or are you in pain? Okay, if you ask yourself that stuff and those and that phrase, you're going to be very honest with yourself in that sense and allow yourself to be honest. Don't push it away. Don't restrict it. Don't restrain it. Um, it just frustrates me when people do this. Um, because I used to do it. That's probably why it frustrates me so much because I've I've done it before and it is frustrating because I've been in, you know, I've had relationships with friends and um with girlfriends is where they've um they've really restricted the way they feel, the way they think. Um, that like, you know, certain thoughts, certain feelings, um, they really push it down or push it away or whatever it is simply because they don't want to feel because they're worried about getting hurt. Now, if you're worried about getting hurt, you're never going to put yourself in a place of healing because if you're not vulnerable, you've got nothing to heal. You can't heal. Like you're always going to have that problem. You're going to constantly run into those same issues. You're never going to move on. You're never going to be able to progress and you're never going to be able to be truly happy. If you do that, you're not going to be able to feel those amazing connections that you really want to feel if you're constantly putting those walls up. So you need to be honest. Please, please, please just be honest with yourself. Is there pain? Do you feel pain? Now, once you've done this, this actually this exposes you and again makes you, puts you in a more vulnerable position to be able to heal. So now that you've understood, okay, cool, there's pain. Okay, I feel these certain certain um, stresses. I'm going to use an example like um, I've discovered that I, I can be a very jealous person, um, not like, you know, not just in relationships, but even with like, you know, it is true in relationships, but also, you know, maybe maybe sometimes with friends, sometimes with with people way ahead of me, even though, you know, they're, they're way ahead of me in years as well, but also just jealous and the fact that, well, like, why, why can they do that? And I can't, it's just that sort of, um, it's sort of negative chatter. But then also, you know, things like low self-worth, um, and like feeling like I'm not, not good enough and things like, you know, constantly those thoughts, um, come to, come to, um, the surface, um, and I'm constantly pushing them away. So it's important to allow those to come to the surface and be honest with those. Um, and just understand that it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a process of healing. Now, step two is understanding that it's possible to heal. So literally what I talked about just earlier on this podcast, on this episode is that it's not an illness and it's truly possible to heal. All the science is telling us in the last two years, two to three years, that it's possible to heal. It's no longer an illness. It truly isn't. And what they did actually, and it's really interesting as well, and this is coming down to addiction, was we're truly not addicted to our drugs. And I want to use this as, as an example. About 50 years ago, when they did a, they did a test and they had, um, they had a couple of rats, was it, they had multiple rats um, in, a, in a cage. And what they did is they had, they had um, two little bits of water, okay? Or was it, no, no, it was one, one rat, I believe. Um, but they had one rat in a cage. And what they did is, is this rat, um, or they have multiple rats in different cages, I believe. But anyway, they were alone anyway, um, putting like basically putting that aside is that um, the study was this pretty ancient and one had cocaine in it. I think it was cocaine. Um, and then one was just normal water. And they noticed that all the rats, um, not, it was like a really high percentage of the rats ended up, um, consuming the water with drugs in it and ended up killing themselves over time or eventually very quickly actually. Um, and they came to the idea that, wow, like, you know, the, the, like, even though there's normal water there, um, the rats would always consume the water with the drug in it, um, showcasing that this truly is an addictive substance. We're addicted to cocaine, but no, um, what they've, what they've realized in the last few years is when they, um, set up a, um, 
when they set up a rat's paradise and made it a beautiful place for them to thrive. They're all living together. You know, they could mate, they could play, they could eat, they whatever they wanted, everything like that. They did the same process, same sort of um, like, you know, two different waters. And they noticed not a single one of them, um, like they all tried the one with um, with the drug in it, but not a single one of them ended up overly consuming it. They still occasionally went to it for a little bit of enjoyment, but they never actually constantly went to it the way they normally would so they're talking about how the environment literally dictates your um these um these things so um how your first six years of life you know up to the age of seven you're in a theta brain state again go listen to the last podcast episode eight um nicola pero talks really deeply on this stuff how we're literally our environment develops our subconscious and our subconscious creates our potential to feel down our potential to feel anxious this potential for sadness it's not a, it's not an illness it's just symptoms based off what our environment has created for us so these rats um thrived they lived they were happy life was beautiful for them because they were in a good and healthy environment they did another um that they, they was another study i'm trying to remember um with I completely forgot where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> putting that aside anyway, ah, Kieran forgot where he's going with that again. I know, I'm sorry. I, I, I ter- I'm terribly sorry. I need to write more notes down. I like to do this pretty raw and free because then, then I can add jokes and like this, you know? Jeez, it's so dry, Kieran. Um, so moving on to step three. So it's possible to heal, okay? So really understanding that. Okay, actually, no, I remembered the, uh, the study now, okay? So it was a study where they had a group of people and what they did is um, they took, took in the depression rate. It was a massive depression rate. I think it was like 60 or 70% in this particular group anyway. And what um, what they did is they took away, I think it was over a six-month phase. I can't remember the exact time frame. They took away their prop, their financial issues, okay? So their financial issues, um, what would normally happen in their financial situation is they'd take any job they could. They'd never wait around for um for a a you know the right job to become available or the right situation to become available they just go for whatever they could simply because they had massive money issues they had you know all sorts of issues going on it was a poor environment and it was a real it was a real graveyard um for many many problems and for for all these growing problems really and things were getting progressively worse because of this increased depression rate and because when the environment around you is depressive naturally you're likely to more likely to become depressive as well so it's not a very good environment to be in so um, again, talking about environments and how environments create us is when they took away the financial issues, they noticed that over a six-month phase um, that the habits changed. Um, people no longer went for jobs straight away. They waited for the right job to come around. Um, they fixed. They had a lot of problems, the genuine problems and stresses that were taken away from their life that, they, um, that were there previously. Well, they noticed over a six-month phase, more than half, this is insane, more than half of them um, no longer said uh, or like or no longer noted that they experienced symptoms of depression and anxiety. Um, I think it was just depression, but anyway, um, basically torn the same um, essentially. But the because um, they both they're both created from our environments. But um, it was really interesting how both these studies showcase how um, our environments truly truly create um, this depressive state. Because if you look at um, studies on SSRIs, all all of them are done based off 
uh, based off short-term results. So of course, when we get our spike in serotonin, we're gonna feel good. It's literally like when you have sex, you're gonna feel good after sex um, or during sex, or when you're eating something yummy, you're gonna feel good because you're getting a spike in serotonin, of course, and spike of dopamine, of course, you're gonna feel good. It's exactly like that. But what happens when you, you know, when, when you go and have, you know, multiple one-night stands, you're ultimately gonna feel empty, okay? What happens when you go and binge eat on a whole bunch of crap food. You're gonna feel empty. You're gonna feel crap about yourself. Okay, you're not gonna feel good. That's what. That's basically what SSRIs are doing for us. We're, going, we're trying to constantly stimulate the serotonin to feel good, but that root problem is always there. So remember, literally, the step two has been a long thing because I, I I never realized it was possible to heal, and I know a lot of you out there don't either. But it really is possible to heal, and you just need to do your own research on the last two years of of um, true you know scientific research around mental health and understand that um, it really is possible to heal. Now, step three, okay, I'm going to start speeding this up now because we've gone past those two main barriers where I know that people struggle with, um, but decide that it's time to change and to dedicate yourself to it. So just know, um, you need to actually make that decision to truly dedicate yourself to making this change in your life. If you don't dedicate yourself to making this change in your life, it's never going to happen. We can't rely on others to make this happen. You can get coaches. You can get, um, I don't like to um, suggest life coaches personally, but you can get life coaches. Um, you know, if that's truly going to benefit you, then great, awesome. If, you, if that, that person's going to change your life, that's amazing. They're doing the job, and I'm happy. Um, but um, if you want, like, you know, a mental health coach, if you want a psychologist, if you want a therapist, a friend, a family member, whatever, um, you, you know, um, these people, you need to understand that these people can use, they can guide you, but the person that needs to do the work is you. Ultimately, they can't heal you for you. They can guide you, but you need to do the work, um, and you need to understand that it's up to you to make that change. Okay, so that's. That's the decision you need to make. So that's number three. Number four now is now that you've made that decision to make that change, you need to start writing down all your pain. So physically writing it down, it increases your um, the stimulation in your brain. So if your brain is stimulated and um, to a greater degree then if you're just trying to think it, then ultimately your your um everything's going to flow a lot more freely. So your subconscious and your consciousness is going to flow. If you're writing down these pains, it's going to flow a lot easier. So allow your subconscious to take over in the state, and your subconscious is just writing out your pains. Um, and, and but also be conscious to the fact that your subconscious might try restrict these. So you know, so utilize both senses, but at the same time as you just need to write down everything that you struggle with, every little pain that is in your life, every little stress that's in your life right now. And you will be surprised, and this is what I've noticed for myself and for many of my clients, you'll be surprised at how few pains you think you actually have compared to what you think you have. Even though we all experience a lot of pain, if you think that you've got, like in our brain, the thing is as soon as we've got more than two pains or more than one pain, all of a sudden we have a million. So that's where the anxiety issues, symptoms come from is as soon as you know we're stressing about more than one thing, or all of a sudden you know, we might have three, four things, it feels like a million because we can't concentrate on each one. It's just overwhelming. It's ridiculous. And it, you just get completely paralyzed with fear. Um, and that's, again, the, a, a massive root cause of, of the anxiety symptoms. So writing out your pains is going to grant you that perspective, but it's also going to actually reestablish and um, sort of reiterate that honesty with yourself. And it's truly going to um, create meaning behind it. So truly be honest with yourself by writing down all your pains. Now, step five is deepen the revealing process through a healing technique like meditation or um, you know, maybe like nature walks or maybe like deep breathing or yoga, whatever it is, whatever your healing process is. I, I say meditation because it's the process that truly saved my life. 
and I, um, I know it saved many others and it's the most ancient technique when it comes to actually um, to, to truly actually deepening the, the meaning behind this or deepening the healing process um, and I say deepening the revealing process because in a, in a, um, in a conscious in a very conscious state um, sorry in a very subconscious state it does it can still become quite difficult to again like I said um, in the in the other step is getting past that subconscious because it's going to restrict us whereas when we're meditative we're more centered we're more present and we're more able to get past that so we're able to deepen that revealing process so again yeah just truly um, truly get into a meditative state if you can't meditate okay even just start for like you know a minute every morning two minutes every morning three minutes every morning whatever it is um, or you can do push-ups beforehand gives you in a, in a primed state which gives you which means you can be more meditative um, do a whole lot of quick breathing like like this like okay or you can um, do it through your nose like okay so it's, I know it sounds really weird through the podcast like what the heck is this dude up to um, sorry for doing that into your old ear hole that would be that would have been really weird uh, excuse me so um, doing that primes you, okay, and there's, there's, there is a science, but there's, this is more traditional um, therapy, um, not traditional therapy, but traditional um, like cultural therapy, uh, I can't remember where I was going with that, but, but, but in, 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 tra- in old traditions, they'd utilize that to stimulate the brain, stimulate the mind, and, um, and a lot of science now is actually telling us that it can, is your breath truly does stimulate your brain, um, and it does, does actually hormonally um, change your profile slightly, so doing that puts you in a good state, which brings you which means you can be more meditative during meditation the true reason why people struggle with meditation is i um usually when you're anxious when you're anxious and you and you don't want to think a certain thought your mind's going to constantly try to avoid it because what happens is pain leads to death if you're constantly feeling pain all right if you keep feeling pain 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 it eventually leads to death it leads to you dying and if we're in that state obviously we don't want to die so what does the brain want to do it wants to survive it doesn't want to be happy it wants to survive so it's, it's constantly going to try to avoid these pains as much as possible so if you're if it means that if you meditate and a thought comes up and it produces pain of course you can't meditate because your body your mind doesn't want you to want to let you to meditate because it means that it's going to produce that thought and it's going to produce that pain which could eventually lead to death which obviously as we know it won't but um, that's the process that the mind goes through because it doesn't want to produce that pain so you need to um, give yourself that understanding of, okay, I can meditate, but I need to give myself a chance to get there. So start with yoga, start with breathing, start with nature walks, whatever. That can be a, an initiation to get you into the meditation state. Um, people, I, I hear a lot of people talk about how, um, uh, like, you know, you should never, like, you know, you should never force anyone into meditation. I agree. But at the same time, I highly suggest it. And almost to the point where I'd like to force you into it, but you know, you can't force someone into meditation because you know, meditation isn't something that can be forced. It's something that needs to be wanted, which is why step two is so, uh, which is why step three is so important, which was, um, which was decide it's time to change and to dedicate yourself. Cause if you don't dedicate yourself to this, it's never going to happen. So truly dedicate yourself to becoming more meditative so that when you eat, um, when you enter a meditation, you can truly feel meditative. Okay. So that's step five. Now moving on to step six, um, be verbally honest with others or God, and the reason why I say this again is to not, you know, to put aside if you're not religious and you don't need to truly be honest with God, you know, you don't have a God. So, um, um, like from your perspective, so from your perspective, you need to understand that you still need to be verbally honest in some way. Um, you know, it could be with your dog, it could be with your parent, um, which I highly suggest it being with, you know, an actual human. <laughs> um, but um, the idea behind this is to truly 
help reconfirm with yourself that okay wow i really need to change but also it's also really deepening that honesty with yourself which is such a powerful thing so being verbally honest is, is the uh is the next step and it's a freaking hard step it's not easy um tell your best friend whatever like you know look um this is something that i need to be be honest with and i really need help with um I'm, i've truly really struggled with jealousy i mean like what, what like what is your suggestions behind this like you know you could do that or you could just simply just use them as a venting um you know for venting purposes and i'm sure they'll still appreciate it because you're being open and honest with them i know i always appreciate it when my my family my friends are open and honest with me it's a beautiful thing so please be open and honest so ver be verbally honest with others or god so if you're you're open and honest to god it's just you know in prayer form you know um, you want to verbally speak to god in a way where you're truly open and honest to um, not just him but yourself in such a deep and beautiful way and then really truly expose those vulnerabilities within yourself so that you're now in a position to heal now step seven is decide you want to heal the pain by giving yourself the chance to work on yourself give yourself solutions so what i mean by that is if you um now that you've just been literally as honest as you possibly can because you've verbalized it you can't be more honest than that um with another individual or god then um you need to decide now that you want to do something about that because i know you do, do dedicate yourself to change at the start but now that it's truly there the pain's truly there the honesty is truly there it's real now you need to make that decision to actually take the steps required that will create that change okay so now you need to make that true decision to heal that pain again by giving yourself a chance to work on yourself so um meaning that you want to be in a position in order to um, self-develop self-grow um develop that personality develop that strength that internal strength or develop that connection with god whatever it is in order to give yourself that chance to grow and to um to heal and I am by giving yourself solutions under the things that you've written down when you're on in step four when I said write down your pains next to them now you're going to write down three solutions don't tell me there is not a solution don't tell me there's not three solutions there are freaking solutions to everything okay we all know that things always work out in the end so I don't care um, you know it could be anything literally you could have lost a leg you could have lost a member of your family okay I haven't lost a leg but I've you know I've lost members of my family and you know I've lost I lost close friends I know what it's like it's painful it sucks yes but there's always a way to heal from the pain created around it because uh, life is a beautiful thing at the end of the day and we learn so much from people's lives we learn so much from the deaths that do occur from losing people in our lives and from the lives that they did live so it's really a truly truly beautiful thing i wouldn't be in the position i am today i wouldn't be talking to you guys about this stuff if it wasn't for my friend um who did um did lose his life and did take his life and um i i, I appreciate him more than more than almost anything in this world um just because of the beautiful human being that he truly was and in a way he's been the one without him even realizing it is he's been the one to push me along this this path so it's really a beautiful thing and um I, I want you to figure out um, solutions to heal yourself from these pains. So when you sit down, you look at those, those pains, those struggles that, that you sort of reveal to yourself, that you're honest um, with yourself about, now you're writing down three different solutions to heal that. Um, you know, if it's jealousy, okay, you need to find out, um, you know, you, maybe you need to communicate to that person about that jealousy. Okay, maybe you need to find out within yourself what is true within yourself that you can change in order to actually cancel out that jealousy. Maybe it's um, okay, cool. Well, if I work on handstands every single day, I'll be get better than this person that's really good at handstands. Or if I if I'm jealous of my my girlfriend hanging out with um with a guy friend, then um it could be that you want to talk to her about that and communicate with her about that and be open and honest. Look, um, I, I like this does affect me and just truly be honest, but allow them to make the decision at the end of the day. But it's just being honest with them and creating that communication. Um, 
or it's even just looking um looking within through the meditation technique and then figuring out what truly is making you jealous about the situation is it that you feel like you're not good enough is it that you feel like that this person is better suited for the other person it could be anything and it's just finding out what that pain is and truly understanding that there's a process to healing everything uh, so give yourself at least three solutions because it make it gives you more variety it gives you more confirmation and it gives you more security in knowing that there's not just one way to go about healing something um, so it does give you a lot of things and also gives you a step-by-step process now um, the next one is uh, number eight apologize to those that um, apologize to those you caused pain to through your pain okay so there's a lot of people in our lives where um, we've been in pain ourselves and we've reduced pain um, for others through the pain that we experience so um, this is an, again a very important one like I've apologized to many people I've apologized to my ex-girlfriends I've talked about this in a previous podcast um, I've apologized to um, other like yeah, other people in my life a guy that I actually I bullied out of an insecurity of mine um, one time um, when I was really young and it was, it was a real really um, really horrible thing to do it wasn't actually it really wasn't that bad I pulled his pants down once um, and um, in middle school um, because all my friends around me were like pull his pants down pull his pants down so I pulled his pants down anyway long story short I, I apologized to him 10 years later and um and like, it was a beautiful thing he's like and he really responded like I really never thought of you as a as a jackass or anything or a dumbass or you know, um, like you're a really good person. Like, thanks for apologizing, but I really don't mind. Um, so, but I still felt horrible about it. So I apologized to him, um, and it was it was it was just a really beautiful thing to actually get that sort of um, exposure or like that sort of um, sort of just truly being apologetic and that contribution that I could um, give on my behalf was a beautiful thing. And then also getting that response just made it even more beautiful. But just the fact that you're going out and making that decision to apologize to these people really frees you of these. Um, of these burdens that we hold upon ourselves we're creating these burdens around ourselves through grudges through um, through not apologizing to people through our pride so um, we need to be very humble in a sense and go apologize to those that we cause pain to through our own pains um, or just we cause pain to in general um, but mo- that normally 99% of the time it's going to be through our own pains so um, um, and then after doing that step nine is continue to reveal pain and cravings so cravings remember t- I talk about how we all crave things Continue to reveal pain and cravings and continue to learn ways to heal those things through your own effort. So self-development, so through your own effort, obviously not relying on anyone else to do this for you again, like I said, but continue to reveal it, continue to meditate, continue to yoga, to do, continue to go for nature walk, continue to ground yourself, continue to do this stuff to help reveal um, to reveal these pains and reveal more cravings that we never revealed before because the more you do it, the deeper you go. Um, the more you reveal, the more you heal, the more you start to discover about yourself. You learn so much about yourself. So in doing this, it's just continuing the process and really um, extending on that process and really finding a way to self-develop. Self-develop can mean, you know, again, back to the handstands. Um, I work on handstands every day at the moment because I want to get better at handstands. So it's every like five to 10 minutes a day, I'll just literally spend that five to 10 minutes doing handstands, trying to get better. And every single day I see improvements. So finding a way to see improvement every single day, it could be learning the guitar, it could be learning photography, it could be learning to cook. Um, it could be um, it could be deepening a relationship with someone and you know, you're getting that growth, you're getting that personal development, that self-development through that. So um, you find something that you can see development and see growth in every single day. 
Okay, now number 10, step 10, is connect with your new perspective frequently. So every single day in the morning, I like to visualize, I journal, and I be grateful, okay? And also I do affirmations um, frequently, not every day, and I like to be in nature frequently, not every day. Um, but um, the idea is you need to be physically with nature as um, you know, in order to ground yourself, to connect, but you also need to visualize these things, and you visualize yourself feeling these new feelings, and you visualize yourself thinking these new thoughts, and you visualize yourself being this new person um, in order to actually manifest this because where focus goes, energy flows. If you're focusing on your problems, you're gonna manifest your problems. If you're focusing on your new self, you're gonna manifest your new self. If you've heard of the reticular activating system, I'm not gonna um, explain it, Google it, okay? It's a part of our brain that helps us manifest these things and it's a real scientific truth. It's a, th it's a thing, okay? Anyway, going away from the RES at the moment, the RES system. The journaling is a great way to, um, for um, improving, um, for recreating that neuroplasticity, um, for rewiring the brain um, in order to create these new perspectives. So continue to connect with these new perspectives. Continually tell yourself, I feel this way. I think this way. I, I, um, I am this way. I, uh, I behave this way. Okay, that's, that's, by, that's connecting with a new perspective continually. Now, step 11 is continue to grow, continue to self-develop, continue to find ways to produce this growth within, whether it is a growth in your mind, whether it is a growth physically, whether it's a growth spiritually with God, um, you know, with anything, um, whatever you believe in, whatever your higher power is, if there is one for you. So, and then step 12, the final step is contribution. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, we all like to contribute and like it's like Christmas time and we all give presents and all feels good. That's the best example I can give is when you give presents to someone else, you know, you feel really good when they open it and they, they love it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, like I remember I talked about a little while ago um, when I went and um, handed out cookies to the homeless. I baked cookies and spent an entire evening just handing out cookies to the homeless. It was a beautiful thing. They all was really happy and I felt great. I didn't feel as great as I hoped, but only because I was in a bad space. But um, anyway, it, it still felt really great and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to contribute. So um, kind, like, so just contribute through kindness, be kind to others in, in every way possible, or you can physically give, or you can spiritually give, whatever it is. It's just contributing in your own way and doing that frequently, daily, whatever. I like to contribute through these podcasts, through my Instagram, or physically to people by complimenting them, by by being genuine to them, by being kind, just by being a beautiful, um, being beautiful person to beautiful people, because um, everyone's beautiful. It's just being a beautiful person, and it brings out the beauty in others in doing so. That's contribution, uh, like smiling to people um, as you walk past them, whatever. Okay, contribute. Um, that's step twelve. So. If you follow these 12 steps, I can guarantee that the pains you've been focusing on healing are going to be healed, okay? At least to a certain degree, but they're gonna, they're gonna be in a space of healing. It means you're being, being, putting yourself in a position in order to heal. So it's up to you guys. No one is gonna do it for you. Yes, people are there to help you. People aren't there to lean on, okay? People are there to, are there to actually um, put you in a position to heal. People are there to support you, to cheer you along. They're not there to be lent on. They're not there to heal for you because that's never going to happen. That's only going to bring you short-term gratification. It's not gonna give you that long-term fulfillment or happiness. So please, please, please put yourself in a state to heal yourself. Follow those 12 steps. Get Russell Brand's book because he's a dope guy and I'm gonna start reading his book soon. I can't wait, it's exciting, yeah. Um, and again, like I said just before, it's up to you and you alone. Anyway, guys, that's it for me for, um, from me for today. Please subscribe to my podcast, The Pocket Coach. It would mean the world to me. It really would. Um, and my old Kiwi accent, not an Australian accent. Yeah, you bloody Aussies. Um, and uh, I actually do love Aussies. Um, I don't want, I don't want it. It's, uh, it's a little, 
um, little note to you Aussies if you're listening I love you guys you guys are awesome you guys are legends you guys are freaking legends because uh, I've got some good old Aussie mates but anyway wow the snow's really high here anyway um, good old Quebec is uh, snowy alright I can't wait to move to California and then back to Bali again I'm exciting I'm moving to Bali yeah it's going to be cool we're going to be doing podcasts in Bali if you want anyone on the show please let me know because um, I will. I am reaching out to a lot of people this year um, in the mental health scene and the mindfulness scene and the um, in the self development scene. Okay, I'm moving. I'm really, um, really reaching out and, and connecting with a lot of people in the scene. So I'll be having a lot of people on the show this year, which is exciting. Um, and it's really an up and coming thing for me. I'm going to put a lot of focus into this podcast. So any, um, any, anything you want me to work on, anything that um, you think I can improve on, anyone you want on the show, please let me know. That's it for me for today, guys. Uh, please rate it five stars, not four and a half, not one star, especially because um, I'll murder you. No, I'm kidding. Um, but if you're going to rate it, um, I, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it. And all honesty, I would actually appreciate any rating. It's fine. It gives me feedback and it helps me work on myself and work on this podcast. Um, please, please, please give me a review. Um, it would, again, really mean the world to me. Um, it, it's I, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate um, anything that you truly do give back to me so um, I, I genuinely appreciate that because I'm not, I'm not doing this for anything any expectation in return I'm simply doing this to provide information to provide honest truth and provide my vulnerability for others so that they can also um, learn to do that themselves and they can learn to heal and they can learn to grow so once again thank you so much okay subscribe to this podcast and I'll catch you later you can find me on Headley Fitness on Instagram on Facebook, on YouTube, it's Kieran Headley Fitness, which is pretty dope, and that's basically it. Cheers, guys. Have an amazing one. Go heal yourself. Be awesome people. Yeah. Cheers.